It is the 200 level episode 358, Unmitigated Disaster. Yeah, call it hyperbole if you want. I'm prone to it. But not good, Alani football, not good. I did not do a podcast on Saturday morning because I just didn't have it in me. I didn't want to talk about it. Everything that I saw and talked about with my friends as we were watching it on Friday night, I didn't think it bore repeating less than 24 hours later because I think most Alani fans woke up Saturday thinking, okay, well, time to move on with my fall. It was the kind of performance that effectively ended the season, even though you're only halfway through it. It was the kind of performance that was absolute worst case scenario, given what was at stake. I think for any lingering thread that Illini fans like myself had in trying to attach themselves or invest in this team, that's gone. There's nothing to attach to and there's nothing to invest in. So I woke up on Saturday, as I so often have as an Illini football fan, having to make that decision. Do you completely detach and just move on with your fall and all the other things you enjoy? Or are you a masochist and you want to make yourself miserable? Now, there are some hardcore fans, and God bless them, there is a masochistic streak to the way they root for Illinois football. They feel like they need to watch every last play and every last game, and that someday, somehow, this is all going to pay off. I'm not quite there, but I'm also not at the level where I can completely detach and say, you know what, screw it, I'm not watching it, I don't care about it. But the problem is, I want to care about it. I want to be invested in it. And it struck me Saturday morning as I woke up on, I guess that was October 7th, that a year ago, almost to the day, I was waking up and getting ready for a Three and one, or was it four and one? Four and one Illinois football team to host Iowa. I was thinking about how last October, in contrast to this October, how I felt after the first game, October 1st at Wisconsin, 2022, and how it felt as if we had truly turned a corner a year and a half into the Brett Bielma experience. And just over a year later, The feeling isn't just, oh no, another crappy season is upon us. We've felt that before. I think it's something deeper and scarier than that. Let's get this out of the way. Some positivity at the start of the podcast, because I'm going to get to some listener feedback in a bit about how Illini fans feel about Brett Bielema going forward. Here's the optimistic part of my mindset. I am not a fatalistic Illini fan. I do not think that just because Illinois football has been bad historically, that therefore they must always be bad. I don't buy that. There are obstacles and challenges that Illinois football might have to overcome. And I'm not going to dismiss the fact that being a perennial loser is an obstacle. That is something to overcome. But in this day and age, with name image likeness, with Big Ten money, with the donors that are all too happy to pay into this thing, with a staff that's top half of the Big Ten in terms of how much they get paid. I don't buy this notion that we can't be good, which makes this all the more frustrating. There are reasons why Illinois should be much better than this. Because the bar they've set this year, unfortunately, is not just bad, but it's like bottom of the Big Ten bad. It's if they play like that against Northwestern, they probably lose bad. This is an awful football team. But no matter how bad it gets, you know, no matter how many bad years I see, I'm not going to resign myself to this notion that Illinois football must be at the bottom of the barrel, that they are destined to be crap. Because it could have been easy for a Wisconsin fan to say that for decades before Barry Alvarez got there. And it could have been easy for Iowa fans probably before Hayden Fry. This is doable. It just hasn't been done. So I want to start with that. A lot of fans, understandably, are just divorcing themselves from Illinois football ever being successful. And I think that is a defense mechanism. And I think they're also going with what they've seen. So it's half rational and it's half emotional. I don't blame them at all for that. But I just can't shake the fact that this can be better. It can be consistently successful. 
and that we really don't need to be that great in order to enjoy it. I certainly don't. I don't need 10 win seasons. But I just can't do the three and nines and four and eights, which is probably what you're staring at this year. So that's my optimism to start this podcast because I was reading these replies to a tweet that I put out with the 200 level yesterday and I retweeted it myself. And I think in total, I got about 100 responses. I said one word to describe how you're feeling about Brett Bielema and the future of this program under Brett Bielema. And boy, oh boy, there were a lot of responses that went beyond apathy. You know, and that, that to me is when you've lost a fan base. We got a lot to talk about today. This is a macro podcast, as you very well know. I'm not going to break down the Illinois-Nebraska game play-by-play because, well, first off, that would be a completely ridiculous exercise for the game that we watched. It was insane. And secondly, there seems to be bigger fish to fry after what we watched. So we're going to focus on that. And golly gee, I'm just trying to think, like, how will, how will I cover everything? Because there's a lot to get to. So let me just talk about our sponsors first. Of course, DPDO online at dpdo.com for all the best deals and prices. dpdo.com. I don't know how many celebratory calzones there will be, but fortunately, they're great for takeout and delivery lunches. So during the week, if you don't want to go onto campus, they can deliver piping hot calzones to wherever you're working at. And the great thing about DPDO for anyone that's had it, you know that the prices are super affordable. The food, just great um, amount of food that you get for the price, very filling and fresh. That's the thing about DP Doe and why they've been going now for 16, 17 years. That's dpdoe.com. Also, Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing, your home's best friend. Give them a call at 217-841-4728 and get that furnace tuned up so it doesn't let you down on these cold nights coming up. Dogtown is the people's choice and number one HVAC company again in 2023, and they want to celebrate with you by offering... 0% financing on all Lennox high comfort sy- systems and single component units for qualifying applicants. That's 0% financing. So here's what you do. Just call them at 217-841-4728 for more information. That's Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing, your home's best friend. Also, Owen Builders, LLC, online at owenbuildersllc.com. Luke and his staff, Tremendous craftsmen, the customer service second to none, bathrooms, kitchens, home additions. That almost rhymed. I like that. Patios, decks, indoor, outdoor, they have a wide range of services, and you can go online to ownbuildersllc.com for a gallery of their work. That's ownbuildersllc.com. And finally, State Farm agent Brian Hansen, online at brianismyguy.com. Life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it, Brian is my guy, and he can be your guy as well at brianismyguy.com. We will get Brian back in for some basketball games, hopefully. It was a lot of fun having him in for some of those games last year. I know Isaac will be able to do some of them as well, but Brian is the person to go to for any insurance question you have. Karen and I are going to be with him for forever, pretty much, because the home and auto that we do with them, the state farm prices, you already know are good, but it's really the service that sets Brian and his staff apart. That's brianismyguy.com. Hey, if you want to support the podcast, support our sponsors. And finally, Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Appreciate them and appreciate you. Ratings and reviews on Apple Podcast really do help us out as people try to discover a new Illini podcast and one that will be bemoaning the realities of Illinois football for the next month and a half. Yeah, we're going to transition basketball a lot earlier than I thought. We used to have this thing on 93.5 called Operation Prolong Relevancy. It was a joke that we would have where, okay, Lovey, or okay, Tim Beckman, or that one year was Cubit, prolong relevancy and give us the bridge, bridge that gap to basketball season. More often than not, they cannot do that. Here we are on October 8th, and the football season is, for all intents and purposes, over. We won't be talking about bowl games. We will certainly not be talking about going to Indy. I mean, duh. But unfortunately, I worry that we kind of need to talk about some more existential concerns. Existential in terms of Big Ten football and Illinois' place in it. We all knew going into this season that there was an opportunity presenting itself for Illinois, that the schedule was as easy as it was going to be for a long time. And I think that part of the you know reasoning behind the expectations that I or Jeremy or other people were giving this team were based on that. 
less than uh, less so this idea that Illinois was going to be great this year. I, I didn't think that. Even when I said, and I, I feel like an idiot, even when I said nine and three at Poor Brothers a couple weeks ago, or no, sorry, six weeks ago, it was not, I think this team is amazing and they're going to go nine and three. It was, I think this team can find their way to be about as good as last year and the schedule is super easy, nine and three. Well, the schedule is super easy, but the problem is you are not beating the worst teams on your schedule. And not only that, these teams are kind of kicking your butt. This was not a case of Purdue and Nebraska beating Illinois because of a play here or a play there. This was a case these last two weeks of two teams with first-year head coaches, plenty of turnover on their rosters, plenty of turnover on their stabs basically dismantling a third-year program and making them look like the first-year program. I said going into the Florida Atlantic game, you had to go 3-0. I mean, if we were really going to get our mojo back, you had to go 3-0. After losing to Purdue, getting you know curb-stomped by them, I still found a way to muster up a little bit of excitement before Nebraska, thinking, well, if you win this, I guess there's still a path. Well, <clears throat> not only did you lose both games, but you looked terrible doing it. So the existential concern in terms of Big Ten football is where do you fit? And the answer to that right now is at the very bottom. This is a team this year that will be competing with Northwestern for the bottom of the Big Ten West. I don't know how we got here. And there, there might be some reasons to explain why you are less than you thought you would be. But I don't think there's enough reasons to explain why you all of a sudden went from pretty darn good to god-awful. How you went from 8-5 and five to losing most of these games by well over the spread. I think we are underperforming the spread by an average of 12 or 13 points this year. That is awful. And I think the scariest thing to me, everybody, is that going into this season, Brett Bielema thought that this was a good team. The coaching staff thought that this was a good team team. They truly did. You can call me an idiot for believing that. You can call anybody that put high expectations on them an idiot, and I I wouldn't blame you. The way this team has performed so far, we kind of do look foolish. But Brett Bielema in the two years he had been here had built up some credibility. You go five wins and then eight wins. We were able to explain away or rationalize the disappointing into last year, which while it was disappointing, you were still competing in those losses. And now you just aren't competing. How could this coaching staff have come into this year thinking that they were going to be good and then this is the product we get? To me, that is DEFCON 1. That is something is seriously broken. And I worry so broken that there's not really any fix for what ails them. If you are so out of touch with your personnel, with your evaluation process, that you think this is a team capable of making Indy only for them to go three and nine or whatever their record inevitably ends up being, then that is a major problem at the very top. Notice I've not mentioned Barry Lunny once, who still, as, as far as I know, as I'm recording this, has not been fired. And I'm not going to call for someone's job or I should say, I'm not going to pick it outside of the Smith Performance Center and say, fire Barry Lunny. But that performance on Friday was a performance that was bad enough where if people got fired, it would be entirely within reason. I know I tweeted out Friday, people should get fired for this. I don't know, part of me still thinks that's true. You know, if you're running a legit program, what happened Friday and what's happened so far these six games, I do think that people's jobs should be on the line for that. But that could happen. They could fire Barry Lunny. They could have him fired by the time you listen to this podcast. And it's not going to change my overriding concern on this Sunday morning, six weeks into the season, which is, how in the heck are you so much worse than your head coach could have envisioned? This whole offseason, there was no pump-the-brake kind of talks from Brett Bielema, 
Barry Wani, Aaron Henry, any of these guys. There was nothing to indicate, hey, everybody, just pump the brakes. We, we got some transitions to work through and all. No, 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 no. There was none of that. This was a coaching staff that truly felt that they were going to compete for Indy, and then here we are. So what Pandora's box does that open when we start questioning the ability of Brett Bielema to evaluate his own personnel, to prognosticate where is my program at? When he's that far off, what does that leave us? Well, I'll tell you a few things it leaves us. One, it leaves a whole lot of doubt in the fan base that this guy who missed, missed it so badly going into this year is the guy to identify the fixes necessary. It also calls into question his ability to hire the people around him. He is 0 for 2 with offensive coordinators. The jury's still out on Aaron Henry. I know some people feel as if the defense played fine on Friday. I'll give you fine. But Nebraska, when they really wanted to gash you for some yardage, they could do that. Nebraska was just so stupid themselves that they kept handing you the ball back. Please take the ball, win the game. We don't want it. We're Nebraska. We're terrible. They still are, by the way. They just happened to basically smoke you on Friday night. I don't know how we got here. I mean, it's it's actually kind of surreal. And I guess 48 hours later, I'm still having problems coming to terms with the fact that we may not only be looking at another bad season, but now we're questioning the entire Brett Bielema experience. experience. I say we as if that's universal. I know it's not. And he's not going to get fired this year. And frankly, I don't think that would be the right thing to do either. Even if it gets really bad, I, I, I don't know. I know Illinois football, we are conducive to the crap year more often than not. So maybe this is something worth waiting for. But it's the fact that this was a year where all you had to do was be competent to maintain some momentum. Competent. Not even good. Just competent. And they are nowhere near that. They are incompetent in every measurable way. This is the worst Illinois football team that we've seen since probably 2018. I'm not going to count the COVID year. This is a team that I can, I'd compared them to 2009, which in its own way was very disappointing because there was probably more star power on that team, right? And unfortunately, it's looking more like a 2009 than it is a 2002 or 2008 a three-win instead of five-win season. There are very few paths I can see this year to getting back to a level where the fan base says, oh, I see, okay, hey, we'll forgive you for the first half. You got us back. And as I mentioned before in this podcast, the concern with these let-down years is that every time you have one, you permanently turn off a selection of fans that say, I'm not going to get burned again. I think the stadium told the tale on Friday night. Now, I did not go. I, I discussed that on Thursday's podcast and ended up having a great time Friday with some friends who came over. We did the Midwestern guy thing. We set up the TV in the garage, which blocked the wind, had some Costco pizza, had some drinks, had some cigars. It was a really fun night. The, just hanging out with friends. A lot better than traipsing all of our equipment and setting up in lot 31 only to get out of the stadium at 11 o'clock after a four-freaking-hour game where Illinois got their asses kicked yet again against a very bad team. That would have been miserable. I applaud those who did it. But to give you an anecdotal example of how bad this has gotten, when you turn off people like me and my friends that would happily tailgate in lot 31 and go into the game and just check it out. When, when you turn us off to the point where we say, not going to bother, then what does that say about the casual fans or the 10,000 people that thought, you know what? Let's buy season tickets. I think it's different. It will turn them off permanently. Or at least it stands chance to. And just when you really have to be building momentum and becoming a thing, or at least establishing a baseline of we don't suck, entering this 18-team Big Ten. Instead, you're reestablishing all the norms 
that made Illinois football an afterthought and a doormat for decades. And you've done that in six games. It is an absolute disaster, and I worry that Brett Bielema may not be able to get this program out of it. Time will tell. How much time, I don't know. I think they'll be very aggressive this offseason. we still got six more freaking games to go with this team, whatever this team is, but they will probably be very aggressive this offseason. There will be staff changes. People will get fired. They'll hit the transfer portal hard, and maybe, just maybe, they put a Band-Aid on a gaping wound like you did with Ron Zook getting Vic Koenig and Petrino, Paul Petrino. Maybe that works. And I'd be super happy if it, if it did because I think there is a difference between a Ron Zook and a Brett Bielema in terms of competence as a head coach. And that unlike when they did the Band-Aid you know, on a gaping wound with Ron Zook and his coordinators, I had no faith that even if those coordinators were great, that Ron Zook was ultimately a guy that could run this program. I was kind of done by the time 2010 hit. With Bielema, I would actually have a little bit more, okay, if he's able to right the ship here, then I, I feel like he can keep it going for the long term. But it's going to take a lot, a lot of work and a lot of money and a lot of resources to undo the damage that they've done in these six games. And not just these six games. You are 3-9 and nine in your last 12. As Trevor had texted me and Isaac yesterday, this is what's so confounding. I think Bielema started two and five. And then there was a stretch in the middle there where I think, let's see, finished that 2021 season three and two, and then started the next season seven and one. So you actually had a 10 and three record in your next 13 games. And since you were seven and one last year, you were now three and nine overall with your wins against lowly Northwestern, where you smoked them thanks to some defensive turnovers. Toledo by the skin of your teeth, and Florida Atlantic by a score. Those are your three wins. And there's been some close losses, but there's also been some performances, and I'll throw Michigan State in there as well. That was an inexcusable loss. Purdue in its own way kind of was too. Michigan made you feel better because you thought, oh, well, even though we lost, that was the number two team in the nation. That might have been the best game that Brett Bielma ever coached. But now the losses aren't close. They aren't competitive. You know, the only thing I can think of that would rationally or reasonably explain why there's such a drop-off that we did not anticipate is that maybe we're in that weird middle ground between Lovey's guys and Brett Bielema's guys, and there's this weird disconnect. That would be the only personnel kind of thing that would explain why there's this much of a drop-off. But even if I grant you that, you're playing bad teams, you're playing first-year coaches, and you are getting outmatched in every facet of the game. The stat that people keep throwing out from Friday night, and I get it, 21 rushing yards for Illinois. 21 for a Brett Bielema team against a Nebraska defense that's fine. That is one strength that Matt Rule has had with that team this year. It, their defense is fine. But, great, it is not. I should have known on Friday, I'm watching the game, and this is right before my friends get over, and I'm starting to get excited during the first drive because it felt like, yet again, another really good first drive by Barry Lunny. He has this ability to script plays uh, with some effectiveness. And we get all the way down to the half-yard line. It's third and goal, and there's a QB sneak. And it was a mess. They couldn't call it a touchdown. I get it. I didn't see it on the TV if he got in or not. I didn't mind that call. It's QB sneak under center. Good try, safe call, no problems with that. Now, Reggie Love was out there on the third and goal. I thought, well, that's not the guy you want in a short yard situation. So Illinois lines up again for a fourth and goal, and Reggie Love's still out there, and I think, damn, like I, I wish you'd substitute, get Fagan out there. But I also understood that, well, wait a second. If you substitute, then Nebraska can substitute, get in a fresh D lineman or two, Fine, go with the guys that you got. But then Nebraska calls the timeout, essentially granting you a free opportunity to get Caden Fagan 
all six foot three, 225 or 250 pounds of them to get him out on the field and get you an inch, which you would have gotten even with the piss poor offensive line that you have. And what do we do? We keep Reggie Love out there. Now, I'm like Reggie. This is not a slide against him. But if you need a, a yard, short yardage situation, put in the big back. This is football 101. This is the kind of crap that you do on Madden when you're a kid. Now, whether that's Barry Lonnie or, or Brett Bielema, not making that call and not ensuring that Caden Fagan is out there, I'm not sure. I would imagine that Brett Bielema gives Barry Lonnie autonomy. But as the head coach... Talk about situational football. This is something that Brett Bielema harps on all the time, and apparently they practice it. How can you get into that situation and not have your big back ready to go? And if we even simplify it, third and goal from the inch line, why is Caden Fagan not getting two carries? Simplify it, right? Would that have made the most sense? Would Caden Fagan have gotten an inch in two tries? I think so. And you start the game off 7 nothing. And it's a completely different ballgame. Your season is on the line. And you give it to Reggie Love up the middle. Pretty sure it was a shotgun snap. I forget. Well, who cares? It's, it's, that's a whole other thing. Right there told the tale of how the rest of the game would go. All four hours of that garbage was right in front of you in the first drive. And sadly, that first drive was the best. That was the best drive. Yeah, you got a touchdown later. Great deep ball and a great catch from Pat Bryant. That was an amazing play. After that, for some reason, you weren't really going deep. A lot of jet sweeps, a lot of little bubble screens, you know, the Barry Lunny specialty. But again, I could blame Barry Lunny and place this all on him. He of the extension that was granted to him by Josh Whitman last year. As if someone was going to come in and scoop Barry Lunny. Again, a Gunther-esque move from an AD that I don't want to be Gunther part two. We're extending an offensive coordinator. Nobody was going to come in and snag. Why? And now it's going to bite you in the ass and you're going to have to pay money to get him out of here and try to bring in somebody else. But again, whose program is it? It's Prep Bielma's. The Brett Bielema fan club that I kind of unofficially, I don't know if I anointed myself anything, but I think listeners of the podcast know that I was a big fan from the get-go, and the first two seasons gave me nothing but optimism that this was the guy. But right now, I am very worried that he is not. And that with Illinois, you're in this precarious position where if you get momentum, you damn well better grab it. And if you don't, you've squandered your opportunity. Ron Turner twice squandered momentum. After 99, 5-1 season. After 2001, 5-1 season. Then a 1-win season. Squandered momentum time and time again. Ron Zook, the ultimate momentum squanderer. Literally started 6-0 and then lost his last six. Momentum gone. Whew. This program does not afford you chances to squander momentum. The transfer portal and other options grant you a little bit more grace now in 2023 college football than it would have 15 years ago. And that is one potential silver lining if you're a Lanai fan that, okay, gather the money, go out to the transfer portal and say, you want a starting position? You want a starting position in the Big Ten? You, 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 come in, here's some money, you're starting from day one. Because that is the only way in hell that this team is going to be worth, a, worth anything next year is bringing in a bunch of guys that are not on this roster right now. Because if you ask me, well, Carp, I know we're losing games, but what do you see that gives you hope for the future on the field? I would say, I don't know. I will say, I still like Luke Altmaier. I I think he's a pretty good quarterback. And I feel like I need to give him an incomplete grade. Yeah, all the interceptions, that, that sucks. But you know what? That guy gives you a chance. There are some mistakes that he makes. But when he's coordinated this poorly, I, I just feel like he's one of the few guys giving you a fighting chance to win games. So no, I, I, I can run with Luke Altmaier and think if I got enough guys around him and a coordinator worth a damn, we might have something. But 
what else is there? I, I, I am really astounded as I sit here. I mean, I'm kind of working through this as I'm talking to you. I'm astounded that less than a year ago, less than a year ago, at the very end of October, I went down to Louisville to see My Morning Jacket, great rock band. They had a Halloween show in their hometown. And me and my best friend are pre-gaming for that concert by watching the Illinois-Nebraska game. And the feeling I had when Illinois won, they go to 7-1, to one. it was just kind of, kind of a nondescript win, but it was just a good team imposing their will against a not-so-good team. And my friend and I are walking the streets of Louisville down to the KFC Yum Center, the arena down there for the show, and there was that extra bounce in my step that you get when you have a good football team to root for. Now, in my life, that's very fleeting. It doesn't happen very much, but when it does, it's pretty damn exciting. And I don't think I would get sick of that feeling. But I also knew coming into this year that it probably wasn't going to be a 7-1 start and that it wasn't going to be like last year's amazing October, that if anything, it was going to be a little more hit or miss or hot and cold, win a game, lose a game, win a couple, lose one, because this was a team that would have to find out some things about themselves. But by no means did I expect this to be a perfect, easy season. Even with the gaudy 9-3 and three prediction that I had, that was predicated on the fact that you did have enough coming back. You had enough of an onus on this team, enough of a, a drive, I would hope, to overcome the mistakes you made last November. But most importantly, I felt like you had the coach. I don't feel that anymore. I don't. And it's not abandoning ship. It's just asking the question, is he the guy? And more to the point, is he equipped to overcome this drastic loss in momentum? How is he going to conjure it back up is my question. How is he going to get this thing rolling again? Certain things are going to take Herculean efforts. Getting people back in the stands will take a Herculean effort. They are done. They are pissed. And that might be painting with a broad brush, but if someone's not apathetic about this team, if they haven't reached complete apathy, they are sick and tired of feeling bamboozled, of feeling like a fool from this stupid freaking football program and all the garbage we've had to witness for decades. But you know what? Whatever garbage we've witnessed in the last decades does not have to do with this team on the field right now. They can, they should be better than this. They should not be potentially the worst team in the Big Ten. And yet they're part of that discussion. For anyone that feared that the Arkansas Brett Bielma experience might rear its ugly head here, well, you have some fodder for that now. For anyone that feared that the reason Brett Bielma had success his first two years is because of Purdue's now head coach, you have some ammo for that. And I couldn't tell you at this moment that you're wrong for thinking that. And that leaves me very unsettled with how this is going to shake out. As I sit here right now, if you said, Carp, is this going to work out? Of course, the answer would be no, it's not going to work out. And if you said, well, Carp, is that a little premature? I don't know. How's recruiting going right now? It wasn't going that great when you were winning, but we thought, or at least I, I did, I could kind of work around that and say, eh, we don't really need Brett Bielman to be an amazing recruiter to build something. Likewise, someone could say, well, Carp, shouldn't we give Brett Bielma a true opportunity to build this program? And there's part of me that says, yeah, absolutely. But then there's the other reality, which is you better do it quick because otherwise you're going to be left in the dust in this 18-team Big Ten. Man, how do we get here? I, I just have a hard time lumping in past Illini failures with what we're seeing right now in a vacuum. Why is this so bad? That's the vexing question that I just cannot figure out. And it just sucks. I mean, I mean take this for example. Homecoming, big tailgate, probably going to be a beautiful mid-October day. But <laughs> I'm talking to Carrie yesterday. I'm like, 
we had maybe some friends come for the Indiana game. I'm like, well, we'll have to see what the weather's like because I, the time and energy required for this, it's just, I don't know. It's, it is a question of time and energy and what are you going to put in? And as a fan, that is entirely your decision to make. Um, if you're one of those that's there every weekend, God bless you. And there's probably 25, 30,000 Illini fans that are of that level. They will be there all the time regardless. And thank goodness we have that because I don't know what else we would have if, if not for them. But these people that bought the 10,000 season tickets, they're thinking, what the hell did I... It's going to be scary, the retention rate. I wish I had a mole in the athletic department to figure out you know, how many people are going to drop or just not renew going into next season because you know, Isaac was still working there for a little bit as this season ticket push went on and I was excited. I was like, great, people are... People are buying into Brett Bielema, and I felt, I don't want to say validated, because that's not it. I felt excited, and as an Illini fan, in a weird way, proud, that it seemed like, wait a second, we are buying into someone that has given us reason to buy in to this thing. Someone that seems like a legit head coach, a legit Big Ten head coach, and we are, we're putting our money where our mouth is and saying, we believe in you, here's the, our season ticket money, let's have some fun. And that a six and six season would have been enough for people to probably keep their season tickets and say, yeah, yeah, they made a bowl game. There were some rocky moments, but they made a bowl game. Brett Bielma showed us yet again that he can steady the ship. But now in DEFCON 1, when it looks this bad, everybody will ask every question. And I don't think there's going to be any answer that we get from on the field. So, boy, it stinks, doesn't it? I mean, I was prolonging doing this podcast because it's like, oh, God. Got to talk about this again. I have not heard Jeremy that fired up in a long time. And I always love doing shows with Jeremy on 93.5. And I woke up Saturday, and when I go for my run, I listen to him and Joey's podcast from the night before or early that morning because I think it was like 12.30 when they did it. And even commenters were saying, man, I've never seen or heard Jeremy this angry before. And like Jeremy very simply put it, I hate watching bad football. For him, he's sitting in a press box watching a garbage four-hour football game, going down and talking to people who are miserable, doing a podcast with Joey, and they're really good at it, and then having to hear and see the misery from Illini fans. It's a lot of misery. And he's probably thinking, I just want to be home with my family. That's what, that's what I was Friday night. I, had the, I was able to make the choice because unlike Jeremy, it's not necessarily my job to be at every single game, but I, I probably should be watching them. But I was able to make the choice that I would rather be at home watching it on TV in the comforts of my garage so I can go see the dog when I want. I can go hang with my wife when I want. I can have a cigar. I get I get all this freedom, right? Well, he doesn't get that. He's not afforded that. He's got to watch this garbage from the kickoff until the game ends. And we're only halfway through this stinking season, and this is what we've got to show for it? We got six more games of garbage football. How many more quarters can you feasibly watch, intently watch, before you just say, you know what, I got to go rake the leaves. There have been way too many Saturdays in my life where I've had to make that decision, continue watching bad football, or go rake the leaves. And occasionally, sometimes when raking the leaves, there's a game like Illinois-Penn State where in the, the second half I say, ooh, you know what? I'm done raking for the day. I'm going to go check this out. And actually, instead of just listening to it, watch it. And that worked out beautifully. But it's not a decision that we should have to make every single fall. And it seems like, unfortunately, that happens all too much. And people eventually will just say, you know what? I'm not even going to think about Illinois football. I'll rake the leaves and think about other things. Just hard to get him back. You know, I maybe people would wonder, what's your concern about how many people are into the program or how many people are going to the games? Why are you concerned about that? I, I think it's a perception thing. I think it is the idea that we have a football program that people can be proud of and excited in. And knowing, realistically, would not take much in order for Illini fans to invest long-term in their football program. It would not take much. And that's what I think is so maddening about this. We're not asking for the moon. We're not even asking for a trip to Indy. We don't need that. 
even before this season, I said, you give me the Music City Bowl, I'm ecstatic. The Music City Bowl. A 7-5 record sometimes gets you down to Nashville. I would have been ecstatic. Taking it from day one. Wouldn't even need to see what's in the mystery box. No, 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 no. Give me Music City Bowl. I'm happy. Let's move on. No. We aren't even going to be sniffing the Little Caesars Bowl. We won't even be sniffing, I don't think, the 5-7 and seven APR. Oh, your graduation rate is good. Uh, here you go. Here's a crap bowl. We won't even be sniffing that. That's how bad this thing is. Every statistical thing out there tells you you are getting your butts kicked in every game. And the two games that you did win were by the skin of your teeth against lesser opponents. Let's rip through this real quick. I, I asked Illini fans yesterday one word to describe how you're feeling about the future of this program with Brett Bielema. I'm just going to rip through these. Bobo says uninterested. Bobo and many others, I would imagine. Zane says nervous. I... <laughs> I'm a little more than nervous. I'm scared, Zane. I'm, I'm just outright scared. From Ethan, a little bit more optimism here. He says, calm. I hate how we perform this season. Some coaches may need to go. That being said, look what Brett Bielema said before Penn State in 21. We don't have anyone in the two deep. Guess what? That's coming to a head now. Things will improve. Last year was special. Stay fast. I hope you're right, Ethan. I'm a little more skeptical than that, but uh, I did mention maybe 10 minutes ago that the one rational thing we could discuss about personnel would be that you're in that weird middle transitional phase between Lubby's guys and your guys. Team Vulture says familiar. The Orange Mamba says extinguished. All the juice that last season buildup has completely dissipated. It absolutely has, and I hate it. I hate it, Mamba. Brad says inquisitive. Well, there's a lot of things to inquire about, and I think the offseason especially, but we got six more weeks to wait for that. From Jacob, dread. From Vance, disheveled. It feels nostalgic to mid-2000s when we're enthralled when we got a first down. The other team's players are always wide open. Everything for us was like walking through quicksand. Good tweet, Vance. From K. Andrew. Two words. Preventable doubt. Worried more about recruiting underclassmen to stay for 24 than recruiting preps to come here. Dreading day one of the portal this December. And all of it was pre- preventable. Blueprint for 6-6 six and six was... And is, uh, sorry, the blueprint to six and six was and is, believe it or not, still there. And that leads to one word, continues K. Andrew, correctable. We need an offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. Brett built a nice ship, but he let his navigator and engineer turn their helmsmen and trimmers suddenly into oarsmen, despite having no oar deck. What a metaphor. Wow. Still the skipper's fault, but it can be fixed. I hope you're right, K. Andrew. All right, we continue here with Ryan Apathy. Won't be the first or the last time you guys hear that one. From Wiley, I'm disappointed, but this stuff is hard, so I'm going to give him two more years and then see what we have. I do think our coordinators are questionable. From Lowell, hopeful. Lowell, you are an optimistic fella, man. From Jeremy. If Bielema doesn't find a new offensive coordinator and dominate the transfer portal and also some JUCOs, the program is in serious trouble. The better question, how many recruits jump ship and how many current players transfer out? I see one, maybe two more ones on the schedule. Yeah, Jeremy, I'll grant you that Indiana and Northwestern give you chances, but you can't, you would lose those games if you played like you did against Nebraska. You'll lose them. And they're late in the season, so if the team's already checked out, do you really expect inspired performances against Indiana Northwestern? I'm not counting a single win on the schedule until I see it. From Robert, defeated. From Jake, nervous. The future schedules of the new Big Ten are going to make it difficult to get to six wins. I'd love to hope we can do it, but the current state of the program has me very nervous. Me too, Jake. You know, sometimes people bandy about this idea that you see in European football. It's called relegation. For those that are not familiar, for things like the English Premier League, if you aren't up to snuff, you can get relegated to the league that is below that, and then you have to prove yourself basically worthy of being up there in the Premier League with the however many best teams there are. With the Big Ten moving to 18 teams and TV networks probably demanding better and better matchups, it is not crazy to think that some form of relegation could find its way to college football. And right now, you worry as an Illini fan that you're in the bottom looking up. And if relegation were to be instituted today, you'd be a nervous wreck thinking, oh boy, looks like we're going to the little 10 or whatever the, the second level would be 
after the Big Ten. I don't know how that would all work out, but I do think, Jake, that it's worth bringing up. From Carlene, hopeful. From JD, hopeless. <laughs> From Illini fan, SOS, same old stuff. From Shy Boy in LA, concerned. From Chev Chelios, short. Putting the catastrophe of the season aside, this guy doesn't want to embrace the new era of running a program. He either gets on board with NIL, is a component of recruiting, or he gets lost. And he's referring to Bielema here. Yeah, I. You, they use that money on Newton and Randolph mostly, and I get it. Next year, you will have NIL money to kind of divvy out there. From Blockhead, basement. Every team added to the Big Ten is multiple levels above us as a program. We're clearly at the bottom of the conference by damn near every statistical measure. Yep. That is a fact. From Big Kurt, grim. From David, concerned. From Robert, still mostly positive. Wow. From Nicholas, fine. Granted, we need something different on offense, but all Bielema's guys are still very young. It's obvious that his true freshman being his best guys means he wasn't left with much. From Kip, disappointed but now is not the time to talk of firing BB. Last year was the best season in years. He's a respected, legit coach, and Illinois shouldn't fire a guy this season after a bull. He deserves a chance to ride the ship next year. And Kip, yeah, I, as down as I am right now, um, I don't think it would be in the best interest of Illinois to fire him in the off chance that this is truly just an aberration and not some start of a, a precipitous downward slide that you can't get out of. I think, I think you can ride the ship with Brett at the top, Kip. I do. It's just I didn't think I'd have to be this concerned about it six games into year three. Drew says, meh, whatever. He's one coach that we've had that I uh, believe can turn it around. Will he? Meh, whatever. Good old Whipple. Love it's Whipple. This is from Bill. Bleak. Ethan. Believe. I like the optimistic people in here. God bless you. From Illinois, Psy. Fine. This year's not going well, but he's bringing in a lot of recruits. I want to see him make it to the field. If we're going to be good, we're going to need a lot of older, experienced players, and we don't this year outside the law firm. Um, the secondary is young, Illinois Psy. Your quarterback is young, and that's hurt you. Your running backs, oh, man, I mean, yeah, other than Isaiah Williams and the law firm, uh, what do you got? And by the way, what are Adams and Pearl bringing you? I mean, I I have not even mentioned the offensive line because that's like the obvious thing to bring up, just how awful they've been. But even your veteran guys were just god-awful against Nebraska, getting blown off the ball, and it's it's just ridiculous. From Alani Collin, uh, he, can get, he can ride the ship, but he needs to humble himself and remember it's a business. Loyalty is great and all, but you shouldn't go with coaches and players just because they're your guys. Get the best group of the bunch. Yeah, I think the loyalty will uh, be tested here. With Barry Lunny, for sure. From Eric, catastrophe. From Lyle, hopeful. From pronounced Trentakill. Tentakill. Confused, though it might be echo soon. From Zach, predictable. From drink, meh. A few mehs. Anon says, more confident than Brad with basketball. More confident than Brett with football than Brad and basketball. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get to basketball soon because out of necessity and also it will be starting. But uh, despite my questions with Brad Underwood, this has kind of flipped me back. <laughs> the spectrum has now shifted and I'm like, yay, Brad Underwood. Thank you for making tournaments. Thank you. Truly. I mean, I'm not saying that in a joking way. It does kind of in a relative way remind you that it could be worse. For Mark, scared. Me too, Mark. From Nate, fine. BB is a program builder. Let's hope. And building programs takes time. We're feeling effects of weak recruiting in final Lovey years and transition year to Brett Bielema. Last year was max potential with Lovey's guys. Drop-off was inevitable. We've sucked for decades. We'll take decade plus to fix. Yeah. There might be that. You know, I have mentioned I'm not fatalistic about Illinois football ever being good, but I also need to be realistic about how long it might take. Thanks, Nate. This is from Nick. Disappointed. From Ryan. Hopeless. And a couple more here, maybe. Robert says, feel fine with Bielma. He just needs to cut ties with money and get an offensive mind. Not a conservative play caller with no imagination. It does feel like that's kind of where you're at right now. And seeing if I got a few more to rip through here. Worried from Kyle, from my buddy Andrew, the Chris Farley decaf Colombian coffee crystals. Angry. From Patrick, undisciplined. From Andrew, Hey, Andrew. Inevitability. There is a little bit of that, right? From Chief Oski, skeptical. 
from Steve, Groundhog, from Casey, same old, does that count? Yeah, it's hyphenated, Casey, you're good, that counts as one word. From Reese, Crossroads, uh, interesting, I, I could see that, it does feel like a crossroads for sure, that they need to address this quick because we can't really waste time and, and dilly-dally when you got an 18-team Big Ten that's going to be much better. From Paul, Murphy's Law. Technically, it's one word. At every level, something has gone very wrong. From the AD to the coaching staff to the players themselves, bad mistakes keep getting made. From David, Station. Especially with the Pac-12 coming in, this program will never be anything other than a Big Ten bottom feeder. It's simply our station to be in the college football landscape. Always has been, always will be, and no coaching hire will change that. Also see Hopeless. David, I understand completely what you're saying. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. I'm on the other side. I think that I, I maybe it's just me blindly. I need to maintain that belief that Illinois football can, in fact, reach a level of consistency, good consistency. But David, I can't refute that until I see it. From Tyler, pain. From Kyle, I don't know if you've already recorded, but there is one of those long German, is there a German word for, quote, realizing that no matter how many different ways you try the same thing, nothing is ever going to work. Well, Kyle, it's not schadenfreude. That's when you take joy in other people's misfortune. But I'm sure there is a German word for exactly what you're talking about. From John, they need to drop down to FCS 1AA, and I don't think it would consistently win in that division either. It's just pathetic. From Kevin, should have gone, uh, should have got a rec tech. Anyway, happy smoking. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, you see, part of the tweet yesterday, as I said, I'm not podcasting. I got a new pit boss, and I'm smoking meat for the first time. And that's what I did yesterday on a beautiful fall Saturday. And uh, thank you, Kevin, for wishing me happy smoking. We, they turn out good. Chicken drumsticks and chicken thighs. We'll branch out and we'll diversify as I go along with it. From Dana, disappointed. I really thought Brett had it going the right direction. From Alani Frank, Mazaluk. Oh, okay, Mazaluk the Cardinals GM. Like Mo, I'm starting to wonder if Bielema is starting to misevaluate talent. From Lawrence, depressed. I don't get how they could have underestimated our talent level that badly. We wasted a huge opportunity to build on last year through the transfer portal. If this doesn't work out, it's depressing to have to go through the same five, six-year awfulness cycle that we know so well. Lawrence, I, I feel you 100%. From No Inch, SOSA, an acronym for same old sorry-ass Illini. Oh, so sorry. Interesting. Thank you, No Inch. From Roger, Schadenfreude. You know, Roger, I was reading that and trying to think. I mean, if you don't like the Alana, you would be taking Schadenfreude in this season, undoubtedly. From Dan, resigned. We've seen this movie before. Every time we see it, the worse it ends. And we've got a few more here. Let's see. From James, disengaged. I just can't bring myself to care anymore. It doesn't, it's not worth the mental space, so many more things worth my attention. James, part of me agrees with you entirely. From Aaron, empty. Since you're seeing you too soon, which I'm jealous of, still haven't found what I'm looking for. Coach B is not it for Illinois. Don't think he can sustain consistency. Ceiling is pretty capped and lacks identity. Have to win consistently to enjoy Wisconsin's identity. Yeah, Aaron, we're going to see you too Saturday. We're going to Vegas Friday. Saturday is all about the show, so I don't even know how much I'm going to watch the Maryland game. Probably won't need to worry about much of it. From Kyle, hyphenated, and then a gif of a dumpster fire. From Erickson, confused. Me as well, Erickson. From Andy, shocked. Me a little bit as well. From Banana Champagne, ruined. From Wally, pathetic. From Greg, accustomed. Sean, duped. SRQ, meh. Meh, excuse me. I don't know why I said it like that. Robert, patience. Okay. Cliff, sick. Joe, hold, as in maybe just hold on a little bit, be patient. Aaron, skeptical. Nathaniel, deflated. Chaz, hopeful. Eric, frustrated. Robert, resigned. As in resigned to the fate. Illinois football effectively died the day Lou Tepper was hired. It's been down so long, it's just not fixable at this point. From orange and blue, true, done. Ouch. From John, embarrassed. Banana Champagne says he wouldn't mind some smoker talk. It's a bit of an art. More of an art than a science. It did feel that way, banana champagne. I had to kind of mess around with the temperature. And, you know, I think for the first go around, I did okay. From Randy, cautious. From Big Phil, nothing cures football pain faster than smoking a bunch of meat. Enjoy. Yes, it did help. Only watched a little bit of football last night, including Jeff Brom's Louisville team beat Notre Dame. And I was thinking, wouldn't it just been easier if we just hired Jeff Brom? And you ask, well, how would that have worked? After 2015, when you fired Cubit, Josh Whitman is here. You could have went and got 12-2 and two Western Kentucky head coach Jeff Brom. Had an Illinois connection. 
quarterback whisperer. You could have just brought him in here, got it done. Said he got Lovey Smith. Ouch. Randy said cautious. Big Phil says nothing curious. Okay, sorry, I already, already read those. Aaron said fine. Gary says apathetic. McDart, lunny. Ouch. The document, done. A few duns. From Christopher, unimpressed. Frank says crap. G. Gordon Liddy, despair. I can handle losing teams who are competitive, but not this poorly coached garbage. Yes, you and me both, G. Gordon Liddy. CJ, suckered. Mark, pathetic. Rick, shh. Can't say that for the kids. It's another word for poop. And S. Claus, typical. I think I got more replies here. From Timbo1, Disarray, Bendy, angry. We deserve better than this. The step back from competence to incompetence is both baffling, baffling and unacceptable. Well, there you go. Thank you guys for the feedback on that. And I agree with most all of them. The ones that are hopeful are the ones I'm still kind of scratching my head on because I'm trying to find the silver lining or the ray of hope, but I'm having a hard time finding it. We'll be back Wednesday. I, I think I'll talk to Harry and see if he wants to hop on and do one, and then it will be a bit of a break for us. We'll take a week break because after Wednesday night, parent-teacher conference is Thursday, Friday, and then Friday at lunchtime, driving to Chicago to fly to Las Vegas. And Karen and I will be out there through Tuesday, U2 on Saturday night at the Sphere, Grand Canyon Sunday. Just excited to check out Vegas. Never been. The whole trip's going to be a blast. So we'll probably not be very up on the Illinois-Maryland game. I'll, I'll keep tabs on the score, and if it's like fourth quarter, excuse me, fourth quarter, it's a one-score game, we'll scoot into some casino or sports book and watch the end of it. But uh, I wish I cared more. But they haven't given me reason to. So here we are talking about it. It matters to us. But now is that time of the year where we make that choice. What, what do we engage in as fans? Real quick before I get out of here, I know on the YouTube feed, might have gotten a couple of messages. So I want to make sure that I get that. And thank you all for kind of tuning in spur of the moment here on YouTube. Uh, let's see here. Alani Brickroll, thanks for chatting in a little bit. The question I keep asking myself from Alani Brickroll is, why are four-star wide receivers sitting on the bench? Everyone else is also dropping passes and not getting any separation. He's not going to stay to warm the bench. From Alani Brickroll, she also said it was brutal to watch that game inside the stadium. Fagan should have been in there running a QB sneak under center, but waiting 10 seconds to snap. It was poor preparation. And that was the tale of the game, Alani Brickroll. It really was. Jay also says, loser's culture, loser program, it never changes. Jay, in my angry moments, you know, I'm watching that game Friday, and I know I said the TV, bunch of freaking losers. And not specifically about the players on the field, but just the program in general. What a just loser poverty program. And in my angriest moments, I feel that way. I really do. When it's good, it feels so good, maybe because it's so fleeting. But I tell you what, if it was consistent, consistently good, I think it would always feel awesome because for 36 years, it has not been good. I think I would embrace it and just be so grateful. I was so grateful for last year. I'm also glad I went to Florida. And I even told Kara as we were walking the dog this afternoon or this uh, around lunch, I said, you know, I think subconsciously I really wanted us to go to that Florida bowl game because I, in my mind, I'm like, I don't know when that's going to happen again. Thank God we did. All right, everybody, before we get out of here, got to thank the sponsors. DPDO online at dpdo.com. They deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana, so go online to dpdo.com. Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing, your home's best friend at 217-841-4728. Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. Also, State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. Life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it, Brian is my guy, and he can be your guy as well at brianismyguy.com. And finally, got to thank Owen Builders LLC, online at owenbuildersllc.com. Home additions, decks, patios, kitchens, bathrooms, you name it. Luke and his staff are great craftsmen, and they will get back to you super quick. Free quotes as well from Owen Builders LLC. Thank you to Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Thank you for those tuning in randomly on a Sunday morning. Go enjoy the rest of your NFL football Sundays. Watch some real football. Hey, the Bears got a win Thursday. Justin Fields has looked good two weeks in a row. Get that number one pick, only win a couple more games, and let's get Marvin Harrison Jr. I know that's the the drum that Jeremy Warner is banging, and you know what? I'm on that too, because I think Justin Fields could be the guy. I hope. I, I need something, people. I, as a football fan, I need something. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Enjoy the early start of your week. We'll be back with one more podcast before I hit up Vegas, and we'll see you soon, everybody. Hopefully there are brighter days ahead. 
It is the 200 level. <laughs>